All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about those NFC and AFC championship games. I definitely learned my lesson here because next time I watch football all day on Sunday, we're going to do the pod right away on Monday. Here we are on Thursday night. I'm feeling a little rusty, but I'm still ready to talk some football. So I want to talk about Mahomes. I want to talk about, is he the greatest quarterback of all time already? I want to talk about this Ravens defender, Kyle Hamilton, a little bit. Really one of my first times watching him up close, and that was a lot of fun. We're going to give our Super Bowl predictions, and then we're going to do a little throwback and talk about a game that took place between the Warriors and the Lakers this week and the performances put on by Curry and James, and that's what I'm going to close with. So here we go. It's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, so to kick us off, we're going to start with that Niners-Lions game. It ended up being a 34-31 49ers win. Uh, Really an interesting game. I felt like it was the more interesting game of the two. Uh, The Lions really dominated the first half of this game, Caden. They they ended up up 24-7 at the half. They could have easily... Um, if if Campbell was up to his normal tricks, they might have went up twenty eight seven. They had the they had a, a drive late into Niners territory. Ended up kicking a chip shot field goal um, to go up twenty four seven. There, the running game was dominant. I mean, the Lions were absolutely in control of this game. The running game was on fire. The thunder lightning that Uncle Clint always mentioned. It just looked like he had this game really pegged. The Lions were doing everything. Uh, and then obviously the, the second half did not go their way. And that's why I always talk about when it comes to these games, when, when even Uncle Clint was, oh, the Ravens, no one can beat them. I said, it just takes a couple things to not go your way. And all of a sudden, it's a different game. And when you look at this Lions 49ers game, a couple bad bounces there in the second half, and it just changed everything. I mean, there was a, a pass that literally bounced off a defender's helmet that ended up being caught by Ayuk, which ended up turning into a touchdown. And then you saw a fumble from, from Gibbs, and then they, they ended up taking that in for a touchdown, and the whole game just flipped. The momentum flipped right at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, the playoffs are just such a big – It's just a, I just feel like it's just a way different – just a way different game than the regular season. I mean, when you're talking about like teams like the Lions and the Ravens, the teams with the experience in the playoffs won those games because they know how to win playoff games. I don't. I'm not saying the Ravens and the Lions don't know, but they don't know that experience. They that, to um to really um find ways even when they're not playing their best football. Like, I don't think the Chiefs played their best football. They didn't score in the second half one time, and like I said, the four guys in the first half had a collapse. So, but they found ways. They made big plays, and you know. Like like you said, um, just takes a couple things to get confidence. Then it's a whole different. It's just a whole different game, not just in the in the NFL, but even in the MLB. Like you look at the Dodgers, but yeah. When when you look at this game, and I look at the the Niners Lions, right? And although Purdy was impressive late, I thought that Goff really outplayed Purdy in this game. I thought that Goff played well. Uh, there were some big drop passes that Goff had. I felt like he was putting the ball on the money most of the game. And again, so a lot of times, revisionist history, right? People, oh, you know, look at what Purdy did. Like if Purdy somehow pulls this thing off and ends up winning the Super Bowl, it's going to be Purdy, look at the way he played great late in these games. Purdy tried to give this ball away again. This is two games in a row where Purdy 
really at certain times of the game looked like he was trying to give the ball to the other team. I also want to give Purdy his due. Even though I think Goff outplayed him in this game, he was impressive late. He was impressive late in the last two games. He's not afraid to take a hit when he throws the ball. He will take a hit and he will put the ball on target. Most impressive in this game was he had some improv runs. Um, those plays, those unscripted plays where he was able to make something out of nothing and have some really big runs that were key for first downs in this game. So I don't want to take anything away from Purdy. I'm just saying if I'm doing a QB comparison, I really like the way that Goff played in this game. He was consistent uh, from the beginning to the end. He did his job, and it didn't turn out for his team. And I hear a lot of people really blaming Campbell for this game. I've heard people flat out, hey, well, this was this was on the coach. He didn't do a very good job in this game. Obviously, when, opportunities. Well, when, when things don't work out, Caden, you tend to look, where can I point blame, right? And things didn't work out here. I will say my one criticism was the run up the middle late in the game where they had to use a timeout because once they did not score on that run, that put them in a spot where they absolutely would have had to, to recover an onside kick to have a chance to win the game. So I did not agree with that. I felt like no matter what there, you continue to – I think that was third down. You continue to pass that ball into the end zone to make sure that you don't have to use one of your timeouts in that situation. But again, it's just unfortunate that the Lions were in that spot. I also yeah. thought that they should have kicked the field goal to tie. Yeah. Because then you're in a spot where if you can't hold them, you're going to go down two scores late, and you're really going to end up in the predicament that they were in. So a couple of calls that I would not have made. But again, Campbell has been a gambler all year. He's used four downs a lot. The kicker, they did not have an impressive kicker. I'm still amazed by this kicking thing. I'm amazed that there's – I understand – that it's hard to find 32 great quarterbacks in the whole world. I understand that with quarterbacking. I don't understand how it's hard to find 32 great kickers. There's, there are 32, I guarantee you there are 32 great kickers out there. I don't know so if it's just not scouted players. right or what. What's the deal with this? I'll also be like, I mean, when you look at, when you look at um, the Detroit Lions, like, they haven't been in the playoffs in a very long time. I think I know, like when you're in halftime, I don't think you would agree with me. But I think looking back at it, they would be better off, um, not up as as much as they were because then they're up. They got a little cocky. You saw C.J. Gardner Johnson was waving at the 49ers fans. They got cocky and they just and they were just um and the 49ers were like, oh yeah, they're just gonna. Start uh, lollygagging, and we're really going to keep the pile in the middle. That's exactly what they did, and they're in the Lions had a mindset coming into the second half, like, oh, we're just we're just going to depend on our defense. We're going to score points there and there, and we're just going to run the clock out in this game. But the 49ers, you got to keep pedaling on, and I think they would have done that if they weren't up as much. So, but they also stopped running the ball. I mean, their running game was absolutely dominant in the first half. I feel like, oh, you get a fluke fumble here from Gibbs, and then all of a sudden. You know, you go away from that run game, which is really what put them in the position that they were in. So, again, I feel bad for the Lions fans. I mean, they were showing Ford Field. The place was packed. The place was rocking. The Lions had this game. Um, the Packers had the 49ers on the ropes. The Lions had the 49ers on the ropes. And somehow they managed to come back in both those games. Um, in this game, I'll give my shout-out to CMC. The you know the announcers, everybody said, oh, he's not really doing much. Uh, they kind of got him bottled up. I mean, he almost had 100 yards on the ground. I think he had 90 yards on the ground. He had another four catches for 40 yards. Ended up getting in the end zone a couple times. I mean, 
this is a guy that if he's healthy and he's on the field, he's a dude that you really have to key in on because what looked to be an average performance out of him really ended up being uh, an impactful performance. So I got to give my shout out to him. He is the MVP of that team. Purdy's making some plays late. Yeah. Purdy's been solid, but there's no doubt about it. When you watch that team, the most important player there is CMC. The defense is not even that great. The defense was getting absolutely shredded. Yeah, well, when you look at teams like the 49ers, and they get lucky on quarterbacks. I also, you know, the 49ers are a type of team where they're they they have a setup where they can win without not a great quarterback. I mean, I don't think Brock Purdy is a great quarterback, but they have a lot of play. They got a lot of X factors. But the difference is, a lot, a lot of teams has an X factor, but they don't have X factors who make big plays. Brendan Ayuk is an example. He's a guy that he's not one of the. I mean, he's he's an X factor, but on another team, he can be the best player on on the um on their team. So the 49ers got X factors all over the place who make big plays and not just well, fill up, just make a couple plays there and there. Yeah, I mean, they only had six guys catch a pass. And it just shows that you can win a game with George Kittle catching two passes for 27 yards. That's the type of team that they have. And there's other teams where it's like, no, no, this guy's got to do it in order for them to win. They got so many offensive weapons spread across the team there that – they can get success from any one of even them on like any the, given day. Even yeah, even the 49ers, I mean, the, you kind of like going into this game, you're like, oh, pretty much struggling against the Lions defense, and you like you said, um, they made might need that guy, that guy that they need to perform. People were saying was McCaffrey, and like I said, Brock Purdy did just enough, and he had just enough good drives, and uh, but sometimes just enough is not good when when you don't have as much weapons as you do around him. That's true. That's very true. Uh, Ask Jared Goff, right? Yeah. All right, we're going to jump to the second game, which was actually the first game. We just wanted to talk about the Niners-Lions. Um, so you had Chiefs-Ravens. This game ended 17-10 Chiefs. And you know, I don't have a whole lot to say about this game other than the fact that the Chiefs threw the knockout punch early, right? Like, they came out. They had all their scripted plays set. It was like Hagler coming out against Hearns, like, I'm gonna, I'm knocking this guy out. I'm knocking them out early. I'm throwing everything I got. And they did it. They came out and scored points early with, a, with like I said, these preset plays. And I just think it put the Ravens in that mode of like, uh-oh, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey. What are we going to do? And they never really got in a rhythm. I mean, Lamar was not good, which I mean, it was sad. It was sad to see Lamar not playing well. It was sad to see Lamar kind of trying to do his own version of Patrick Mahomes where he had opportunities to run the football. Yeah, the best version of Lamar is running the ball. And playing his game, I think he tried to play somebody else's game. Like, I think he was trying to do too much. And Yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback, but I think in his mind he knows that there's a difference between him and Mahomes, not just his talent, but because of he, what he's accomplished. And uh, he knew that. I felt like he just tried to do too much. He tried to make too many big plays, and he started to overthink, and that caused bad decisions. And when that happens, I mean, it's just the playoff Lamar Jackson that we've seen him has not had a lot of success in the playoffs. And also, like I say, these teams are getting away from their game plan. If you look at what the Ravens did the previous week, utilizing their running backs, in this week, their running backs, Zay Flowers had a couple carries, but Gus Edwards and Justice Hill carried the ball six times for 23 yards. I mean, that you're okay, not going to win football games that way. It felt like the Ravens 
they had plenty of time. They had plenty of opportunities. And it almost felt like they were panicking early. Like, it almost felt like they they were, oh, we got to score here in the second quarter. When really, patience would have won them this game. Just put a good drive together, get some points on the board. And it's like they were pressing from the, from the very first moment since the Chiefs took that lead and threw that knockout punch early. The Ravens never really got into their game. I mean, running the ball with their running back six times, that's not who the Ravens are. That's not how they're built. Yeah, I think uh, when you – I mean, when you really look at this team, I mean, it's just like – like the when you look at the Chiefs, like even when they were losing, everybody's like, oh, are they going to – are they going to be a collapse? They never went. They never changed their game plan. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll figure some things out, but we're not going to not to have our game plan, not give it the ball to Travis Kelsey and our guys who, yeah, they've been dropping balls, but we still have trust. And they, they didn't do that. Yeah, they might change. They might do something to have more success, but they're not going to change the game plan. And change if if it's running, passing more. They have trust in their guys, and it just kind of seemed like the Ravens were just kind of after the Chiefs score. Just kind of seemed like, oh yeah, we're we got to change something because we're not having the results that we want right away. Patrick Mahomes knows this is not one of my best teams. He knows he's going to do exactly what he needs to do to win. You saw it in the Buffalo game. You saw it in this game. Miami's a joke. He walked right through them, but you can just see it in him. Is in that. I feel like if they needed 24 points, Mahomes was going to find a way to go get 24 points. That's how good he is. He knows what he has. He knows they got a good defense. He's not going to take unnecessary risks. And 17 was all they needed, and that's what they went and got. Now, there was a huge play. Um, the Chiefs' defense knows that that offense is not going to be a 35-point offense. They're out there trying to get turnovers, and they punched a ball out. At the goal line, as you guys know, my favorite play, the, the, the touchback, you know, they punch it out at the goal line and then it ends up going to the other team. Yeah, but, Flowers game, the thing. Exactly. So that, again, you have a player, think about what I said before and then think about that play. You have a player pressing to get in the end zone on that play. There is no reason to be stretching that ball out and pressing to get in the end zone when you got the running game and the quarterback that you got. Go down at the one yard line, it's a first down and goal. Get yourself in that game and don't let that play happen. That changes the game. But what I'm saying is is that let that play happen. I guarantee you the Chiefs aren't sitting on 17. You let that play happen, Caden, and Patrick Mahomes is going to take his offense and they're going to get it together and he's going to take a few more risks than he had to take and he's going to go get the job done. And that's what Mahomes is and that's why I'm so impressed with this dude because he's going to go out and he's going to get it done. He's going to go get the W. Yeah, for his team. he doesn't panic. Also, even when they were losing, he wasn't panicking. You could see the frustration, especially when the guys were dropping balls. But uh, that just shows the leader of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's still stuck with this team, and uh, you know, it just kind of seems like everyone, everyone's like, "Oh, Mahomes! Oh, Mahomes is in trouble." But he really doesn't care what the media says. He just plays his game, and like you said, he does. He does just enough, and. He knows what he needs to do, and he, he needs to do a little more this year, and he stepped up. And other teams, it just kind of seems like other teams have to, if they, have, if they beat Mahomes, you know, Tim, like the Raiders who beat um, on Christmas, um, they they playing around Mahomes, and sometimes that's a success if you if you um, make, take advantage of Mahomes' mistakes. But if you don't, you just let Mahomes just eat up your defense. You, you, you just need to find a way to 
um, build around, I mean, focus your defense around Mahomes. If you don't do that and worry about everybody else like Kelsey, it's going to be a rough Dude, night. The guy doesn't make a lot of mis- big mistakes, Caden. He's been in a lot of big games. Um, he's. I think this was his sixth AFC championship, and he's only been in the in the league seven years. And when you think about those big games, you can't really think of a lot of signature moments where Mahomes has screwed things up. And and it, I wanted to bring it up because I, I'm I'm putting in the subject line tonight is Mahomes the goat. I know a lot of people are talking about it. It's you know the, the national media, Stephen A. Smith, first take, undisputed, all the shows. And for me, you know, is Mahomes the greatest quarterback of all time? For me, yeah. I mean, when when people start talking about Tom Brady, there's nothing on the field that Brady Tom Brady also, does yeah. better. Brady than, also just, the best just hear coach me out. And, just hear me out. I, I understand that. Yeah, he had a great coach. But I'm saying there's nothing that Tom Brady does on the field better than Patrick Mahomes. Nothing. He doesn't scramble better. He doesn't throw the ball better. He doesn't. I mean, there's just nothing that he does better than him. And Mahomes is more athletic. Mahomes is more dynamic. He's been in the league for seven years. He's thrown for almost 30,000 yards. He's been to five Pro Bowls. Um, the guy's won two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, obviously, two Super Bowls as well. He's back uh, going for his third, so he could easily end up in, you know having this conversation in two weeks. I could be saying he's got three Super Bowl MVPs and three Super Bowl, uh, you know, three Super Bowl championships. And another thing is, and this is something that I always look at when it comes to talking about the, the greatest, and again, I don't want to anoint somebody that's still playing. I, I, you got to let Mahomes' career live out. I'm just talking about, to my eye, who I think's better. And I used to get into arguments with people all the time about Brady, Manning. Um, Manning was a seven-time first-team All-Pro. He did. He played like six years less than Brady. Brady was first-team All-Pro in his career three times, which basically means that he was the best quarterback in the league three times in 21 years. And, you know, that speaking in general terms, and, and a lot of people will say Manning was the best regular season quarterback of all time. Peyton Manning had a lot of responsibility, man. Um, those Manning-led teams were all about Peyton Manning. They were never about the Colts' defense. So he was essentially the offensive coordinator of those teams. Uh, Peyton Manning also went 3-2 and two against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Again, anybody who wants to argue Brady and Manning with me, I'm probably going to lose that argument. But I don't believe that Tom Brady was even the best quarterback of that era. You had Peyton Manning, you had Aaron Rodgers, you had all these guys. And when you look at when you look at the numbers behind that, those dudes, I mean, if somebody can try to tell me Tom Brady throws a better ball than Aaron Rodgers, it's just not true. Everybody wants to stack it up to Super Bowls. I'm not a ring counter. I'm not a ring counter when it comes to greatest of all time. The only time I'm going to count championships is when it's an individual sport. Give me Tiger Woods. Give me Jack Nicholas. Give me Djokovic. Give, you know, tennis, golf, those types of sports. When you get into team sports for me, that's not my game. I'm not counting rings. I'm looking at what I see on the field. I think Mahomes is well on his way to being the best quarterback of all time. I think that there's an argument during Brady's era who was the greatest of that era. Um, I'm going to lose the argument because the guy ended up winning seven Super Bowls. But again, there's a reason when you look back at the numbers that you see three first-team All-Pros, and that's because he just wasn't the best. 
for 18 out of his 21 years. He just wasn't the best guy out there. He just happened to be in the right situation on the right team. Uh, New England was always in a weak division. They were always walking through the, you know, playing all their basically playoff games in Foxborough. Best coaching staff in the league. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, then he jumped to Tampa. Tampa was the best team in the league. Best defense in the league. Ton of offensive weapons. I could go on and on. So in my opinion, I think Mahomes is on his way. I think no one in the first seven years so of the career. So you're saying right now, or is he going to be on his way? I think he's better. Like if he retires right now. It, I think if he retires right now, to me, he's a better player than Tom Brady ever was. Okay. What do you think he'll be? But one? because of his accolades, you're going to lose the argument if people want to just sit there and argue, oh, seven Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls. So it's a fair question. For me, he's better than Brady ever was right now. Right now, Patrick Mahomes better, better than Brady ever was. That's easy for me to say. But when you start stacking up accolades, you can't really compare a dude that's in his seventh season yeah. to a dude that played 21 I think, years. I think when you're talking about the go between Patrick Mahomes, I mean, um, with Patrick Mahomes, I think you're looking at what he needs to improve on to make it to be the go. And right now, I don't think he has anything to prove. I think the thing is between Brady, Brady really didn't have a team where he really had to carry his carry his team like Patrick Mahomes has this year. I think he's prone to proven everything this year, showing that I think the next thing was can he um can he win a Super Bowl without Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and all these weapons. And he's proved that this year with um with the most drop passes in the league, with the frustration he's had, he's found his way to win playoff games. He's proven everything. Now he's just now can he win a Super Bowl against um a, a really good 49ers team. I agree. I mean, you, you go into this game, uh, the Chiefs are going to be the underdog, right? The Niners have all the weapons. They supposedly have the better defense. I might argue that. I mean, the, the Chiefs' defenses look really good, but they got big names on defense, right? And if Mahomes gets this done, and you start talking about a three-time Super Bowl MVP, you know, three Super Bowls in his first seven seasons, He's really building a heck of a resume, which is what you need to do if you're going to start being talked about uh, with, with Brady because Brady's got the accolades and the championships and so forth. But, man, is this guy impressive. Enjoy him. He's fun to watch. He can do some things on the field like you've never seen, and he's going to be a dude that's going to fight for his squad, and he'll start taking risks if he has to. If they get down against the Niners, you're going to see him – Start to try to tur- try to turn into Superman and see if he can get his team back in it. That's what you're going to see out of him. That's what he's willing to do. He could change the game like that. Really, really impressive. Enjoy him while you got him. I probably shouldn't be buying into this media stuff where they talk about the goat and all that, but I like throwing out my opinions. Do you because think if he gets drafted by like a team like the Bears, do you think he's the Patrick Mahomes right now? It's a good question. I say no. Uh, I do think that where you're drafted and who you're drafted by has a lot to do with your career. I mean, um, first of all, Mahomes and Brady are alike from the standpoint that they were able to get drafted by ready-made teams. Teams that they didn't have to turn the whole franchise around to get them ready to make a run. And that's the difference between like the Trevor Lawrence, the Peyton Manning, the guys like that. You could go on and on and name top quarterbacks that, that joined teams that, you know, were sub three wins or less in a full season that they had to go and start to try to turn around those franchises. Uh, Brady Mahomes had similar fates there where they were able to, and quite frankly, um, you know, Purdy is in the same situation where he's on a team. He didn't have to, he didn't have to get built around a top quarterback. They were able to build all these other pieces. It was already a ready-made team to win. And that allows you to start your career off the way that he has. 
And the same way that Brady did. Brady won three Super Bowls early in his career, and he was not even a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion, in those years. So it, it allowed that. It allowed that by being drafted late and not having the pressure of being a top, you know, a highly touted quarterback um, allows you to start winning a bit earlier and start that resume building a lot earlier. Do you have any questions on that? Uh, no. I mean, he's definitely honest. But I want to say right now because Brady's proven so much, but I don't really know. I think he's definitely on his way. As you can see, I'm not a Brady guy. I think Brady's an all-time great. Um, but the you know the, the media-driven greatest of all time stuff to me is just nonsense. Um, so I want to talk about another guy that was in that Chiefs-Ravens game that I was just absolutely blown away by, and that's this Hamilton guy. I think Kyle Hamilton. I was looking at his season. He This is his first uh, Pro Bowl season and his first – uh, first team all pro for him, but it's only his second year. And he had 83 tackles, four picks, three sacks, 13 passes defended this season. And he, when I watch football games and it seems like the same dude is involved in every single play, I just end up getting totally locked in on that player. And I'm watching this guy and he's in on every single play. I'm watching him move. I'm watching him make stops. I'm watching him defend passes. I'm watching him get to the quarterback. I'm watching him do all these things. I was blown away. The best defensive player on the field in that game, including Bosa and Young and all these guys that the Niners got, was by far and away Kyle Hamilton. And he's 23 years old. In a couple years, we could be talking about this dude, Defensive Player of the Year. He may even make a run at it next year. I was so impressed. I cannot say enough about the performance that he put on, and I don't know where I've been. I must be sleeping on this kid. I had no idea about him. I had no idea. It reminded me back in the day, the first time I watched Ray Lewis play, where all of a sudden, you, hey, pass broken up by Ray Lewis, tackle made by Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis gets into the backfield and uh, pressures the QB. It was like Ray Lewis was involved in every play. So he had that intelligence factor, knew where the ball was going, uh, knew the right places to be, was well-studied, high IQ. That's where Hamilton's at. And I want to see a lot more of this kid. I want to hear this kid's name mentioned for Defensive Player of the Year as early as next year. You hear a lot about the guys like Micah Parsons and these guys that end and he up. he showed up in the playoffs. Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Guys that don't show up in the playoffs. You look at even at some of these 49ers guys, it's like, where's the pressure at? How come you guys aren't getting it done? Why are the Detroit Lions putting up 30-plus points on you? Hamilton showed to me that he could come up big in big games. I'm looking forward to hearing that kid's name mentioned a lot more in the future. One more thing now to, to close off here. we got to give our Super Bowl picks, Caden. And I want to talk about the fact that I just cannot bet against Mahomes right now at this stage. And looking at this Chiefs team, I can't believe I'm not going to pick the 49ers because the Chiefs, I, you know, I look up and down their roster and I'm like, I don't know how they're going to win this game. But I can't bet against this guy. He's he's so much significantly better than Purdy. He does still have some weapons with Kelsey and Rice and uh, Pacheco. Can Pacheco is going to be a big factor in that game if they can get the run yeah, game Pacheco, going? Yeah, Pacheco. I feel like if he does good, if he if he's an if he's in the factor, the Chiefs are going to win because he brings so much energy and so much uh, fire to this team. I mean, he plays so hard. It's uh. It's going to be tough to stop him. My pick for this game is going to be the Chiefs 27, the Niners 
24. And I'm hoping it stays close. I'm hoping it's a fun competitive game. When I don't have a rooting interest in these games, which I really don't. I mean, the Bears aren't in it. Obviously, I'd want the Bears to make it if, if, if they were there. I don't have a rooting interest. I want to see a good game. I hate bad Super Bowls. I remember when... Uh, that New England game was the worst. Oh, my. There have been some bad ones. The New England Rams. The Actually, KC against Tampa uh, was awful. That was an awful year. So there have been some bad ones. There have been way too many bad Super Bowls. There's been This has been a fun playoffs. There's been some really good games. I hope we're able to close it down with a really exciting Super Bowl. Caden, who you got? It, you know, I just feel like every time I bet against Mahomes, you know, he, he proved, I think he wants people to bet against him. I, I don't know. It just kind of seems like every time we go against him, he, he shows up. And it, it's really hard because you, you when you um, talk to a guy like Brock Purdy, I mean, yeah, he's had an amazing start of his career. I mean, uh, being the last pick of the draft, being the third string quarterback after Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And making it to two NFC Championship, I mean, it just kind of seems like he he should have the confidence. The team is behind his back. Everyone loves him. But when you're talking about, <laughs> it's just really hard because I really like the 49ers. I think I want them to win, but I just can't. I it, I just can't. I'm going to have to, uh, I really hope the Chiefs don't win, but I just can't see them losing unless Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, everyone is has big games, big plays. I'm not saying Brock Purdy needs to get his, his hand holding by the offensive lineman and those big uh, big big play factors, but these uh, they, they're going to need to have big games, and Brock Purdy's going to need to step up. For Mahomes, you really don't have to worry about that. You're just hoping that guys like Kelsey, Rashid Rice, Pacheco could step up and uh, make Mahomes' life a little easier. But I see Mahomes, even if that doesn't even have even if that doesn't really happen, I'm really uh, going. With, I'm going with the Chiefs, 35, um, 49ers, 28. It's an interesting pick. I mean, man, that's a lot of points, and I'm also up there in the points. I don't. I mean, can the Chiefs get to 27? Can the Chiefs get to 35? I have yes. no. I, I have no idea. But I will say this, and and I feel like to this point in the pod, I've disrespected the Chiefs' defense. The Chiefs' defense has gotten the job done. They've beaten – they went through Miami, they went through Buffalo, and then they went through Baltimore. I, you would have never convinced me that their defense was going to hold the Baltimore Ravens to 10 points. I don't know the names on that defense. I know Chris Jones. He's a beast. There's a couple guys in there. But, man, they're kind of a no-name defense for the most part, and these boys are getting it done. If the Chiefs' defense puts on a similar performance in the Super Bowl, they're going to get a lot of credit, and they deserve it. I feel like people have been a little bit quiet on them. They had some ups and downs during the regular season. For a minute there, they looked fantastic, and then they, they you know, they had a little rough patch. But, man, the, the, the Chiefs' defense deserves some accolades here. If they can continue this run, there's no reason to think that they can't hold the 49ers down. I mean, they, they can do it. And the 49ers' defense has looked a little more suspect at times than the Chiefs. So when we're looking at those defensive units, there's no reason. Again, this is a team game. There's a lot of guys out on that field. Uh, Mahomes can't do it by, by himself. Look at Goff. Goff was putting balls right in guys' stomachs, and they were dropping them. Mahomes has dealt with drop passes all year. Purdy been trying to throw the ball to the other defense in a bunch of instances, and they haven't caught the ball. All these things can change the game just like that. So Caden and I are both going with the Chiefs. 
Again, my picking. I'm praying that my I'm wrong, but I just can't see it. My picking this year has been absolutely awful. So you might want to go against me with whatever I say. But uh, yeah, we're going KC on this, and we are moving on. All right, my last piece tonight is is jumping to the NBA. Uh, Caden and I, obvious, obviously, we're big NBA fans. We actually made it out to our second Bulls game this week. We saw the Bulls drop a, a home game to the Raptors. But it, it's always fun to get down to the UC. Uh, we had a good time. We took Carrie and Kaya as well. And uh, so that, that was a good time. But there was a game earlier in the week that I really wanted to highlight because I, I just took me back down memory lane a little bit here. The Lakers defeated the Golden State Warriors 145 to 144 in a double overtime game. I think this was like maybe Sunday or Monday, something like that. Let me give you the 39-year-old LeBron James stat line. LeBron James, 36 points, 20 rebounds, 12 assists. Steph Curry, 46 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists. Absolutely classic performance. You kind of got to see the, the, the two of them hug after the game and just kind of, they were almost shaking their heads like, oh, I can't believe we're still doing this. And I looked into this a little bit. LeBron James is 39 years old. He is the oldest player in the NBA right now. And Steph one Curry, oh, one of the best and the oldest. And Steph Curry in March turns 36. By all accounts, Steph Curry is old. Um, LeBron James is starting to give a different definition to what old actually is. But Steph Curry's old, and he's coming right behind LeBron, and, and KD's right there at that 35, 36 range. But when I was looking at these two guys, I was thinking, man, these guys have really been a big part of this league for a long time. Eight of the last 12 titles were won by one of these two guys. Of the last 12 NBA seasons, only two of them didn't feature LeBron or Steph in the finals. These guys have had such impressive careers. And then to still be going at it and playing at this level. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, like, oh, you know, no one models their game after LeBron. And guys used to model their game after MJ and, and things like that. But the, the kids do model their game after somebody today. And that's Steph Curry. And that's because Steph Curry opened up a whole different way to play the game with the outside shooting ability and the handles that he had. It showed a 6'1", 6'2", kid with good dribbles and a good shot, with, with good quickness, that he could play in the league, and that he could be an all-time great player. And the reason that guys can't model their game after LeBron James is because he's 6'8", 260, and he's one of the fastest guys on the court on any given night. You just can't model your game after that because he's a physical freak. It's like saying, oh, guys didn't model themselves after Wilt. Well, you couldn't model yourself after Wilt. He was a physical freak. These guys only come along once every 50 years, the LeBrons, the Wilts, guys like that. So Steph kind of provides that, that game changer, that MJ-style game changer where he has – made such a difference to the game, the three-point shooting and all these different elements. So these two guys have been generational talents, so much fun to watch. They're still getting it done. We have to think we're going to start to see this tail off a little bit, um, particularly with LeBron next year going to be 40 years old in the league, which is just wild to, considering he's still going like 25-7-7 seven and seven at this point, shooting 50% plus from the floor, and Steph's still putting up big numbers 
and still on competitive teams. Obviously, their teams are not uh, where they want them to be. Lakers floating around 500. Warriors probably just below 500. But all in all, I bring this game up because I say enjoy these guys while they are still here. These have been the generational players for guys my age, guys down to 30, whatever. Caden even has grown up with LeBron and stuff as just a teenager. and has They've been front and center in his life since he was basically four or five years old. So enjoy it. We probably only got a couple, you know two, three, four years left with these guys. And I just want to thank them, man. They're still out there putting on a show. Obviously, like I say, LeBron going 36, 20, and 12. Uh, in this game, Steph putting up 46, hitting a, hitting a boatload of threes and doing what he does. It's exciting, man. And I was I was actually laying on the couch thinking, oh, I didn't realize Lakers Warriors were on. And I got to turn the game on and I got to watch a chunk of it. And, and it was just a whole lot of fun. Steph hit a three late to take, a, uh, to take the lead by one. And then LeBron drove to the hoop. Under 10 seconds, got fouled, sunk both free throws. I think he got fouled one second left, sunk both free throws. Lakers ended up winning 145-144. So that's my feedback on Steph LeBron. Caden, you want to say anything about those two, just uh, the ages and, the, and what they're doing? No, I mean, I remember we went to a Bulls game, and it's uh, it's really fun to watch him. You know, it's, um, I didn't really appreciate it because he tortured the Bulls. Steph, you talking Steph, yeah. I really feel like the way Steph plays, he really doesn't really need his – the age doesn't really affect him because it's – I mean, maybe the quickness, but you can see, I mean, maybe the driving to the hoop and the defense, but the way he shoots, it doesn't the, – the, his age doesn't really affect that. The consistency, the way he consistently do it, it's really impressive. And, you know, LeBron, I'm just really impressed how he does it. Um Especially when you're talking about the age, and there really hasn't been any um, really huge progression. I mean, loss of progression. Yeah, regression. Yeah, regression, I mean, yeah, so. I mean, he's still he, he's still getting it done the the way that he always has, and unfortunately, he doesn't really have the the team that looks like that they can make it, um, you know, to the finals or anything like that at this point. But individually. I say he's still a top 10 player in the league. I mean, right now the league is actually headed up by the bigs. I mean, the Jokic and Embiid are the best two players in the league. Giannis close behind. I mean, those are really your top three guys right now. And then obviously when you get past that, there's some new up and comers with uh, SGA. He's looking phenomenal. There's some really good, really good young players that are coming, uh, you know, coming through the league right now. But LeBron and Steph are still top ten dudes. So is KD, and uh, these guys have been these guys have been a lot of fun. And I hope one of these guys, I wouldn't mind seeing one of them, you know, get, get on a team or lead another team uh, into the finals. Because, like I said, they've been Wait, like uh, of the last no as as a player because ten of the last twelve seasons the finals have featured either Steph and LeBron, and many of them featured both of them. And that's been that's been a whole lot of fun as a as a basketball fan. So that's our show tonight. We thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week. We're gonna do a little uh, a little pre show on the Super Bowl. See if there's anything else going on in the world of sports. Remember to like us, follow us on Spotify and Apple or wherever you get your pods. Thank you so much for joining us. 